podcast is called Hyphenation. It's the world's greatest podcast. Obama approved. On Hyphenation, my daddy talks about all kinds of cool things. And sometimes I'm on the podcast too. Sometimes he has his friend Marcus on. Sometimes he stays up really late and he's tired the next day. But it's worth it. But he loves this podcast and I love his podcast. So I really want you to listen to Hyphenation. So daddy doesn't get sad. He really doesn't get sad though because he has me. Oh wait, please listen to Hyphenation. Thanks y'all. I love the podcast. So please, please, please try to join. But if you know him. Thank you. Can we hear it now? Er kennt keine Er fährt durch den dichtesten Kugelhagel und die explosivsten Minenfelder. Jackie Chan, der Superheld in dem absoluten Super-Action-Film Fantasy Mission Force. Jackie Chan als der Anführer einer Gruppe absoluter Spezialisten. Jeder einzelne von ihnen zählt zum Besten, was es auf der Welt gibt. Diese Truppe kennt keine Probleme und falls es welche geben sollte, stürzen sie sich Hals über Kopf hinein ins Abenteuer. Es geht um Geld, genauer gesagt um eine halbe Million Dollar. Doch immer wieder stößt Jackie Chan auf unerwartete Hindernisse, die sich nicht einfach vom Tisch wischen lassen. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Chris Honeywell is an internet loudmouth. A Jackie Chan movie? Yeah, I love a movie starring Jackie Chan. Hated and reviled by his few remaining friends, he catches the attention of Thomas DJ, perhaps the world's most cunning supervillain. Ensconced in his ultra-scientific hideout, with only his robot army and stunning assistant to keep him company, DJ springs into action. What is this idiocy? Hey, Virginia, use the molecular transmigration beam to bring this fool to me! Virginia trains the hellish mechanism, and with a clap like thunder, and in a blinding psychedelic light, Chris Honeywell stands before his tormentor. Normally, I do not suffer fools, but I see beyond the yawning chasm of ignorance that is your brain and the endless sluice of sewage which is your mouth that they form a basic animal intelligence that I may be able to mold to my own devices. Uh, okay. Therefore, in my mercy, I offer you two choices. Instant painless disintegration, or you study grindhouse movies at my feet now! Choose! Uh, I choose not disintegration. So be it. One month I shall assign you a movie to watch, and will summon you again. Be ready, or the consequences shall be swift and merciless. Right, but how do I get to the- NOW GO! 
and thus began one of the most dangerous and unpredictable endeavors in evil sciencing. The Honeywell Experiment! Virginia, summon the subject! chicken the chicken apparently doesn't like you <laughs> I don't know that I get really hungry on these uh, these uh, and, and this time we were having a snowstorm I feel a little funny I don't know do you think there might have been a little interference I hope my I hope my genetics are okay and why do I have a chicken Holding this live chicken, I. Well, I guess I'm gonna, I'm gonna illustrate my podcasting skills by executing this entire podcast holding a chicken. <laughs> You're cleaning up after it. <laughs> so, did you watch the little gem? of chaos that is Fantasy Mission Force? I did. I don't know if I would call it little. I (laughs) might call it like a sprawling gem. There was a lot to unpack. (laughs) There was was a a lot. lot I don't know if we had to unpack it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that's like that would that would entail there being plot. But a lot of stuff happens. not what I expected at all. Yes. Like, um, I, I, I cheated a little bit before the movie and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll see what people have to say about this movie. And it was almost universally complete, um, disappointment that it wasn't a real Jackie Chan movie, <laughs> that it wasn't a full blown Jackie Chan movie. Well, even, even though no you should soul. know if when he spelled, J-A-C-K-Y. Right. Maybe he might not be fully in charge of the production or whatever. So I think a lot of people went into this thinking that they were going to watch a Jackie Chan movie and with the expectations of that. Even so, that being said, (laughs) if I want to put out another cliche, um, even walking into it being like, okay, I'm watching a Jackie Chan movie and that's not what you get. I don't see how you could be disappointed. If it was boring, yes. This is not a boring movie. glorious films that make you feel like you're a kid playing with your action figures again, does it? That, that's, that's actually one of my notes, is this feels like 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 a bunch of kids playing and improvising together. And, and this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. I brought my trucks, and then this happened on trucks. Yes. It's it's like, are you familiar with the Lemon Demon song? The there's a Lemon Demon song called something like the Absolute End of 
a fight of ultimate awesomeness or something? No. <laughs> uh, well, well, Lemon Demon is, is, I think it's just like one guy, but it, it's a, it's a, a band, and this song is basically what it sounds like two kids making up the, the greatest fight that ever was. Godzilla was hopping around Tokyo City like a big playground When suddenly Batman burst from the shade And hit Godzilla with a bat grenade Godzilla got pissed and began to attack But didn't expect to be blocked by Shaq Who proceeded to open up a can of Shaq food When Aaron Carter came out of the blue And he started beating up Shaquille O'Neal Then they both got flattened by the Batmobile But before we could make it back to the Batcave So it's like, then Godzilla showed up And fought Shaq And this happened, and this happened And that's this film in a nutshell Yes. Yes, this this was uh like on in script form if I was reading this and I was a producer I'd be like how much money do you want? <laughs> well, this was apparently made to pay off the director's the director Yen Ping Chu's uh triad debt. Okay. But you know, you would think it would be more dashed off than that. This is this this has some. This was a. This had a lot of work put into it. <laughs> it I don't know. I mean, there are like especially in that climax, it makes it seem like, well, what do we have left? We we got a bunch of cars. Okay, let's mm -hmm. spray some Watsikas on them, and they're now Nazi cars, even though they didn't have Chevy Novas back in 1942. There were a lot of things that were that, that like I only had I had to like I sort of got the idea that it was supposed to be World War II, except I, because there were Nazis, yeah. I guess. But there was <laughs> nothing visual that would make it actually look like World War II. And I I got to check Wikipedia, but I don't think Rocky Snake Plissken. 007 <laughs> were around in World War II, or at least not as as full-grown ad adults. Yeah, it's... As a matter of fact, I think Snake Plissken is, was from, what, like, 2019 or something? Or, uh, or, or, or it was probably the 90s, even, actually. Yeah, it was... It was, it was, it was I think Escape from New York was supposed to take place in, like, 1995. Or something like that. Which... Yeah, I, I missed that period. I, I missed the Canadian becoming uh, the American president. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess World War Two. Probably there's infinite dimensions that World War Two took place. Because <laughs> apparently they were both ghosts and Amazon women in sure. World War Two. Sure. I like that universe. I I would not mind living in this this universe. <laughs> um, it's like it, it's just like every once in a while when when you're backed into the wall, Jackie Chan shows up with a chicken to save you. Okay. I love when Jackie Chan shows up because Jackie Chan has that the the, the thing about it is. All right, Jackie Chan. That now wasn't like Jackie Chan was basically just doing a favor for the director in this. He was, or he owed him a favor or something, and yeah. just was cashing it, cashing it in. So usually with that, you get a walk on and stuff. And Jackie Chan actually he figures in fairly 
decently to the plot in this and is on screen for a decent more than a walk-on it's more than you would expect for it being like just sort of like okay i'll i'll do this favor for you and when he does fight scenes you can tell that jackie chan was like all right i'm gonna help out a little bit with the uh the choreography yeah for sure and you know and i'll bet you the whole chicken thing was jackie chan's idea i think it was to make it he was like okay you know this would just be a fist fight on a road but if i'm holding a chicken if i'm holding this chicken in my hand it gives me motivation i want to keep the chicken because i want to eat the chicken and it puts an extra dimension it's that jackie chan thinking he puts he figures out a way to put an extra dimension onto what's going on so you get like how is jackie chan gonna kick all these guys asses while cradling a live chicken so it's not to the level of a Jackie Chan movie, but it's beyond the level of this movie. So it's sort of like a little breath of fresh air when he shows up and he's a really good actor. Although I actually found both the the dubbed and the original version, although it wasn't original, it was dubbed into another version of Chinese. Okay. So it was still dubbed, but it was in Chinese, but I went for, I, after doing some reading, it was more advised to go for the the English dubbed version because they said the dubbing was hilarious, and it right. was. Well, it's so. like the guy. It, it seemed to me that the guy who was dubbing Jackie Chan in the the English version was trying to do uh, Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Well, I guess you know. Okay, he's sort of a physical comedian. But yeah, I would have gone more John Ritter <laughs> than Jerry Lewis. Oh, but this movie, uh, we're not even going to bother trying to synopsize this plot because there is none. Although it's supposedly it's about some generals that are kidnapped and this guy has to go get them. So he gets some other guys and Bridget Lynn in leather. And uh, then crazy shit happens. Yep, the, it's it, right? yeah, it's just sort of a like a, a it's it, it reminds me of a, a a bit of a road road movie and a bit of a, um um the the that just in sort of the feel of it those like the teenage crazy one day or one night yeah. movies you know the the dazed and confused type of things where it's just like you're sort of going from one thing to another till you get to the to the end of the movie and then it's over <laughs> and and th- peewee's big adventure maybe <laughs> you can compare Here's my this question. who is the real uh main character in this film I, I have a theory i just want to know what your theory is i i couldn't decide uh, and I can't remember the character's name at first I was sort of sticking with um the 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 um Lothario guy the guy with the, with the girlfriend who he was like I've got to leave you and then she trails him yeah. to kill him and then joins him I was I was taking him as being the the swarthy guy as being he sort of looked like he was should be in a Bollywood movie right um, See, I think that his girlfriend was the main character Lily She's the only one that is shown as being competent. Yes. 
and they and they're like they don't want anything to do with her at first and she yeah. just sort of attaches herself to it but then i was but then as it went along i was like i guess you can't really i guess i'm gonna decide i guess you have to decide who the main character is by who's left at the end <laughs> and who's left at the end Well, it's like, yeah, well, Jackie Chan has to survive because Jackie Chan's our biggest star. So what if he appeared in three scenes? That's okay. But he just he you just know? survived by being not part of the yeah the 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 last battle of it. But yeah, yeah I, I I this reminds me of many Italian movies that would just and Hammer movies yeah. that just like when the last thing happens, it's over. Yeah. The end. This one literally, like he. You know, he rescued the generals, and then they thanked him, and then he and then he looked at him and goes, "To me, you look like clowns," and and started to drive away. And they didn't even give it the Billy Jack one tin soldier treatment, yeah. where you get to see him ride off into the sunset. It just freeze frames the end, and then and then the the movie ends. No credits, nothing, just boom, done. <laughs> Which is how I would have, if I was in the editing room, I would have been like, that's it, done, done, done. <laughs> they, they were probably like carrying around the, the, the end card and were just yeah. like, when they ran out of budget, they just stuck it, freeze frame it, stick it on the end, it's over now. Do we have over an hour and 20 minutes? Yes? Okay, good. Um, see, I saw this back in 19... 19- And on a on a cheap VHS. Uh, before, of course, when I I mean I knew Jack, the name Jackie Chan. I was familiar with Jackie Chan's work, but this was before, of course, he blew up here in America with uh, Rumble in the Bronx. So I guess I wasn't expecting that polished piece of work. That, that was Rumble in the Bronx when I saw this, and as such, I thought it was just a, this gloriously goofy. I literally do not think any scene in this film is connected to any other scene. It's it, just, what do you want to do today? Well, we got some, some girls in uh, tiger-striped uh, uh, leotards. Okay, let's do that. Oh yeah! Oh, for sure. The dead giveaway is the swastikas just painted onto the side, slapped onto the side of just like Chevys and stuff. You know, <laughs> it's just it, it was just like okay, you know, get the art department or which was probably somebody's nephew and stuff. And yeah. you know, we we need Nazi cars. Okay, what cars we got? There we go, Nazi cars. Nazi cars. You see, it, it, that but that that's the thing is is it, i mean it obviously it wasn't taking itself seriously so by the time we got to the like the nazis with their nazi cars it was basically more like all right we it, it, i mean they're, they're 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 obviously paying tribute to the mo- some of the action movies that right. they love and and i think they were definitely trying to do a little road warrior yeah. There, there, and uh, I mean, they, they, they flat out almost shot for shot rip off the scene, um, with Marion in the, in her bar in Raiders of the Lost Ark in this and stuff. Marion wasn't shooting the clothes off a woman tied to the wall for some reason. <laughs> yes. 
think... Well, that's the thing is, they don't pay tribute to our movies in the way we would pay tribute to our movies. Or, I mean, I, I was watching it and going, this is how it must feel to be in China and to watch an American tribute to a kung fu movie or a Chinese action movie, you know, or, you know, and, and watching it and going, this is how, oh, so this is how they interpret what we're doing. That's a little messed up. It's funny. The but same week that I saw this, I got, I watched Generals, which, for that Generals, uh, Guardians, which is a Russian, a big budget for Russia, Russian superhero flick that was obviously meant to be their version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've seen clips from that. It looks crazy. It has it like... glorious! It has like sub, subpar CGI, but it's so over the top and ridiculous that it takes on that sort of cartoonish At quality. At Chris, there is a bear running mm-hmm. the streets of a major Russian city with a giant fuck-off gun on its back. Not a bear man. There's a bear man in this film, but the bear man turns into a full bear and it attacks a tank with a big fuck-off gun on its back. And then one of the other members of the group gets on him and rides him like a horse into a mall. Cultural appropriation is a great thing. I, I will stand up to that no, in any any time, any place. After I saw this, I, I immediately uh, I immediately DM'd uh, Paul Spataro and said, "You have to do this for his jaws." <laughs> he will too. Yeah, I said you have to do this. This is just because I'm always fascinated by how. Other cultures interpret our pop culture, and this is, as you said, this is, this is kind of what Hong Kong cinema must must think of American action movies circa the late seventies. Spaghetti westerns. Yeah. Well, that's even Ameri- That's they, they, there was like there was like westerns, but then there was like there was like stuff that was sort of like spaghetti westerns. So that's American through Italian you know on top of it so it was just a brew (laughs) a brew haha the my official point of pausing the movie and going okay what the fuck is where the guy in the jeep just whips the guy around the neck (laughs) and then slings him over the (laughs) flips him over the jeep with the with the whip and then i stopped and i'm like okay what have i got what is going on here what have i got myself into Cause I was like, I was like at the beginning when they're like, okay, Rocky snake. Oh, Oh seven. Now we can't get any of them. We're going to have to get our own superheroes. And I was like, Oh geez. I, I hope this, you know, I don't know. You're going to, you're going to have to really like go out on a limb to, to get some people that compared to that. But by the end of this movie, they were my, my Oh, Oh seven snake Pliskin (laughs) and Rocky. I was, I was like, you know, as weird as it is, they were all their own characters by the end, yeah. and they were all had they were all sort of superhuman and had their own their own skills. Whether well, it was, never, I mean, like there's that one character, Grease Lightning. Yes. 
you know, we, we should make, okay, the characters... In this he was the escape artist, right? Yes, he was the escape artist. When did he escape? Except at the very beginning. Right, right. When when he wasn't doing anything for him, when it was his introduction. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that's we it. have old son who it looks like he kind of walked out of a bad parody of a uh, Sergio Carpucci movie. We I don't have know. Billy, who looks like a lounge singer. Yes. <laughs> And his girlfriend, like we said, the only competent member of this of this group, uh, played by the, the very attractive Virgin Lynn. He can't even remember her name. Yes, exactly. And he still comes back to her after all those years. Yeah. And he's a womanizer, but this is a woman he comes back to after all these years. He can't remember her name. <laughs> yeah. So, but I trying to... To, to talk about this film in Western cinema boundaries is impossible because there is no this is just it just is literally stuff made, made up on the day of the set. Well, you think that's up. their commentary on us? Because like I notice a thing about uh, what I notice usually about Chinese films and Chinese action movies, like uh, to especially because that's mostly what I've watched is Chinese action movies, Chop Saki movies, right. Jack Chan movies, and stuff like that. Is they deliver on the action, but sometimes they can slow right down because they are, it, like basically a story is very important to it. So like the, they'll usually you'll have this like high concept action movie where you're gonna have all these action set pieces, but it's it's in the framework of like a really intense family drama like like right. something like drunken master 2 like a classic like drunken master 2 has a whole you know fa family you know a good chunk of the movie is just about family dynamics and stuff like that and uh yeah they didn't even they, they didn't even really bother in this movie except for the most like rough lines of you know this guy is this or or this guy is this right uh, and uh i, I wonder if they were like we're doing an american action movie yeah. it shouldn't have any any content to it <laughs> yeah I, I i i we forgot to mention stone and his buddy i don't think that that guy gets a name does he the one in the i'm kilt. not no i if I, he did i didn't catch it okay there's the there's the guy in the kilt and his buddy stone who for some reason walks around in partial medieval armor now they were the, the they were the ones that i thought at first were like i was like are these guys supposed to be a couple <laughs> is this <laughs> okay and then i'm yeah, like and then i'm like no that's some culture that's just some yeah. culture difference right there is this guy it, it like what comes off as like a effeminate gay in our movies is more of like the just the buffoon you know the 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 cowardly buffoon type of thing but yeah i thought they were they they, they seem like kind of a leather couple <laughs> it, it, it kind of it kind of gets driven home it, that thought got into my mind at the very end when they're having their great death scene and it's like oh i, I can't live i'm like i can't live without i'm like what <gasps> I just, I, I, I just thought they were just two goofy guys that were there for comic relief at first. Yeah, yeah. 
then of course we get the haunted house. Because why not? Why not? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, with the with the with the cult attached to it. I was like, okay, so there's just ghosts in this house. No, there is a cult. Because yeah, you yeah. can't just have one thing. Exactly. <laughs> like, you can't just have a a secret colony of Amazon women. You have to have it being led by an Elvis impersonator. And <laughs> that's that that's also a, an un, unusual thing. How many times do you that 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 was when I was getting that was reminding me of the future ammo with the Amazons in there and I was like, oh, there's gonna be some death by snoo snoo in this <laughs> this scenario, hopefully. But if like that guy that guy, like if I was that guy, I wouldn't be messing with anybody outside of that Amazon place. He had a good thing going. I would not do anything to rock the boat there. I wouldn't be fighting with anybody. I wouldn't be capturing anybody. I would be in some hidden hidden valley somewhere and like slowly walling it off from the outside world forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the character's name, the, the, the uh, Elvis impersonator guy's character's name was Tulip, apparently. Uh. Go figure. Um. And the actor, whose name was uh, Adam Chang, was known for starring in Chinese soap operas, which is why he got that kind of that weird music sting when he, when he shows up. Can I just mention that the music is banging in this movie? Oh, of course, because it's, it's stolen from other movies. Yeah, it's 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 every different. Fl- it's just like the movie. It's every flavor is represented and often it's the inappro- it's an inappropriate flavor thrown in that works somehow. I, I just loved it. Yeah. Just changing textures. <laughs> I, I remember watching an old, uh, uh, I don't think it was, it might've been a, like an early Jackie Chan movie, or it might've been another one where he just showed up a little bit, but I remember it started out with, uh, and I've looked for it, forever trying to find this version of it but it was uh you know it's just sort of a orchestral chinese music but everybody in the room you could see everybody's head tilt at the same time going this is this is this is and then we all realized at the same time it was the immigrant song by led zeppelin (laughs) as a sort of disco chinese version at the beginning of this this movie and it was and we were just like so what does it have anything thematically to do and it's like no they just they probably just liked it or it was probably just a cut that they found and said here slap this on the beginning yeah i I would pay to see chris hemsworth fighting a giant fuck off monster to a chinese disco version of immigrant song yes You never know, it might happen. This is a days where they do stuff like that. I just saw, I haven't seen the trailer yet, but there's actually a movie called The The Man Who Shot Hitler, or Killed Hitler, and then Big then the Bigfoot. Yes, yes, with uh, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott is even in, yeah. Sam Elliott. So, yeah, so I think Snakes on the Plane opened up that Pandora's box, and... So we, we, we may yet see that. 
just, I mean, th this film, I, I wanted to to show, because this is the kind of thing that represented Hong Kong cinema for a while before the, the Renaissance, before Chow Young Bat and John Woo came along. This totally goofy shit. Well, you know, every Chinese movie had at least five or six scenes of undercranked Scotsmen doing yeah. doing <laughs> Benny Hill comedy. Yes. Oh, I'm like, okay, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yes, exactly. It reminds me of that Monty Python episode where they're like, I'd like to see a Scotsman on a horse. <laughs> and so you shall. Oh, yes. What else do you think people would like in America? <laughs> <laughs> See, now I have this picture now of the of Jackie of Jackie Chan and, and the director and everybody going. So, what else do you think they like in America? What did what did they like when you were over there, Jackie? Because I think this is this is '83, so I think this is after he did one of his a couple of his American films. It looks like he's a little little like, you know, like well well into his twenties in this yeah. one. You know, he's not as young as some of the movies I've seen him in, so. And he's got that he's got that more established look to him, you know, where where he's got that he's an established actor and he's like totally confident with what he's doing, for <laughs> which is fighting yes. with a chicken. Which is fighting with the chicken, yes. Uh, he had already done um, Cannonball Run by the time he made this film, and oh. Battle Creek, Battle Creek Brawl, which I. I think is also known as the Big Brawl, which was the yeah. That, Wasn't that was supposed to be his first like entry into America, and it didn't really do too well? Didn't really do too well because they were they were trying to pass him off as the new Bruce Lee, and he wanted it to be the new Jackie Chan. Right, and right. Such, the Big Brawl is. Not is is not grim. It's kind of it's still somewhat lighthearted and goofy. Uh, if you, the next time they tried to do that with him was it was the Protector, where which was overtly grim and almost kung fu free. So that didn't go over well either. Yeah, no, I always thought he worked better as a combination of like Buster Keaton and Steven Spielberg. You know. The the co the comedy, but then the really like, just you know, once he got, once he got going, he really knew how to work the language of cinema, you know. Yeah. And when when he would get an action sequence going, you were not just seeing like master choreography; you were seeing like Spielberg level of setting up a scene and and setting up the direction of it and stuff like that. And always, always with a sense of humor or, yeah, humanity. Yeah. It's, uh, but, I mean, I think that the best Jackie Chan films, which, which start coming out around this time with stuff like Meals on Wheels and which he did with Sammo, with his friend Sammo Hung, uh, are the one that that managed to kind of walk that tightrope of action and comedy well. And um, I'm not surprised that, that Bridget Lynn is kind of the, the, 
kind of the star of this film because you look at Jackie Chan's films, most of his films have very strong female leads. Yes. You know, um, I mean, we, we wouldn't have some some of the. Uh, sorry, I my brain just went somewhere. Like the, the the Black Widows and stuff of today. Yeah, yeah. That's why it upsets me whenever somebody says, "Oh, well, women can't open up action pictures." I'm like, yeah, f you. We, you know, there are there are female characters, there are female actresses. I will go see an, an action movie solely because of them. Same can't be said for male action stars. Yeah, I think I I don't know. I think that's yeah. I I don't know why people ever thought that because it's like there's what I was just gonna say. Well, recently, you know, there's you know, you could say that that that's been you know blown away. But now that I think about it, it's been you know, if you keep going back, there were female. There's always female action characters. Um, popping up. I'm I'm thinking like specifically. I remember that movie uh, in the '80s, and I haven't seen it since it first came out. But do you remember? It was called Diva. No, that I don't or no, remember. Or no, that had a that had a more. But that well, I'm 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 getting it confused with another movie. But like you know, I mean, these days, you know, I mean, you've got like Charlize Theron. That it's just like there's a a zillion I can't think of any guys who wouldn't go to see Charlize Theron kicking right. someone's ass in a in an action movie especially after Mad Max right. or um right. or what's her name from Kill Bill Uma Thurman you know Uma Thurman yeah Uma, Th- um, Uma Thurman has spent pretty much like a quarter of her acting career in spandex yeah kicking somebody's ass is it's because it's a pleasure to watch her kick somebody's ass you know and she's got a good she's got a good you know fuck you up face too yeah no she's got it's it's the same with it with say someone like any any action hero she's got the combination uh, or, or say sigourney weaver or jamie lee curtis she's got the 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 body that looks like she can it can fight you know that, that you know they've they've got that demeanor that says i can take care of themselves in a frame that isn't like huge but the kick someone you know Sigourney Weaver always looked intimidating in a wife beater you know yeah and uh and they they also can act and they're they're not like say masculine or or anything like that they're not you know they can they can act feminine too and it's just that perfect perfect combination you know and then you've got you've got um um what's her name who uh plays uh black widow oh scarlett johansson scarlett johansson she's she's another actress that you know you could she just is perfectly perfectly natural being being physical on screen and uh yeah it's i i yeah i don't see why it took them 10 years to decide to make a black widow movie I but, uh, was ready for one. I was ready for one pretty much after Iron Man 2. I'm like, I want to see more of this character. Yes, yeah. No, she could... I mean, if they filmed her movie as a combination 
of like a Cold War paranoia film and a James Bond movie, it would be it would be pitch perfect, you know, and no no worries about her carrying that film, you know. Yeah. What I was actually when the the MCU was still developing during Phase One, I was thinking that it would be kind of cool to have them go back and do. Because there's the references to that one time they met. Oh, her and the Winter Soldier? Her, no, no. Her and um, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Where, oh, okay. That, okay. that first mission they were on where they became such good friends. Is, I, like, I thought maybe they were going to go back and, and tell that story. It would be like a buddy. It would be like a buddy picture. But no. See, I... Hey, and... and if Kevin Feige is listening, like he, like I'm sure he does. Oh, he's um, listening. He's talked to the Shoska sisters. They know the character because they're writing them for. They're writing. He's right. They're writing uh, Black Widow for, uh, for Marvel Comics right now, and they're good action directors. Thank you. I don't I remember the name of the movie. It came out like I think within the last year. That that basically, when I saw it, I was just like, oh, geez, this is kind of ruining. This is kind of the what I would picture the Black Widow movie being oh, about. Oh, Red was, Sparrow. For, uh, Sparrow, yes. Yeah, Red Sparrow. Yeah, because Jennifer Lawrence wants to be Black Widow, but she can't. And I I saw that and I was a little bummed out because I was like, oh, I hope they don't like. This is sort of what I would have liked to see in the. the I I don't think it do, doesn't sound like it it actually came out like yeah. that, but in concept, it sounded like pretty much what I would have I would have wanted to see. But that movie, I don't think that movie really like made a big splash, so I I guess it didn't spoil it for anything in the future. Yeah. Now, is there a I, fantasy like mission force two? <laughs> this was like, is there a fantasy mission force two? No. I'm very surprised that there isn't a that there isn't a sequel to this somewhere, especially after especially after um, I found out that there was uh, oh what was uh the 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 um, Bronx Warriors that there was a Bronx yeah. Warriors two. Yeah, I mean this. This seems like this would have it. I mean, did this movie do well? I don't know. I really don't know. I think it's. It, I, I almost doubt that it was actually photographed normally. I think it was just sprung, fully formed from the from the camera of the director. <laughs> just, <laughs> 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 I I can I can't see how this wouldn't have been a popular movie, you know. This would I mean this would have I it was a little late for maybe Times Square, but I I can't see how this wouldn't have like Oh no, this would have hit, hit on Times Square, I'm sure of it. This I mean this would have had every, everything but nudity. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at the the alternate titles for this film. My favorite is probably Jackie Chan Die Super Faust. <laughs> oh jeez! In Malaysia, it was called Mini Special Force. Mini Special Force? Oh, that doesn't sound too impressive. 
It sounds like it should all be children or midgets. <laughs> Charles Band right now is thinking, that's an idea. This had one of my favorite lines of dialogue of just like, you know, Asian Asian to English dialogue. That, that sounds like it would be in somebody's fake Chinese movie. Is you came for the hostages? Well, let me tell you, I have the hostages. <laughs> All it took would be a mustache twirl at that time to make that perfect, you know? Yeah. You don't have the rent by midnight? It's curtains for you. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I loved it. If I would if I would have been writing down all the dialogue I liked, I would have had like five oh, pages yeah. of notes. It's, it's it's just gloriously just insane. I, know I, I love stream of consciousness movies. It, yeah, it's it's. It, you know what it reminds me? It's kind of like the action movie equivalent of that Ratfinger movie. Oh my God. I mean, wow, I'm I forgot sure all about that. that one. I'm sure you've seen that one. I have seen that one. Where literally Ray Dennis Steckler got bored with the film he was directing and decided to make it into a Batman spoof. It's, uh, it's, um, it definitely does not have the budget of this movie. <laughs> no, no, it, this one has a bigger budget, but it's the same sort of sense of it sort of anything could happen yes it, it, it actually it's funny there's a local musician here who's who's obsessively makes music in the that sounds like psychedelic rock from between 1966 and 1968 and when he was a kid he was obsessed with the batman tv show he and his brother were and they had a VCR or v VCR camera and the, their parents did in the early days. So he and his brother would film episodes of Batman and uh, the, the parents would even let them roll the car down the drive to get in the car and let it roll down the driveway to simulate the Batmobile pulling out of the Batcave. And he and his brother went through the, the Batman shows and timed out the beats of them to the commercials and everything. And they filmed their own commercials. But their storylines were very... Like, watching their episodes, it was amazing. Because he gave me a tape one day. And I... Because he knew I was a video editor and asked if I could uh, uh, clip out, you know, the black spaces where the VCR camera would leave in between... Tighten up the edits, basically. And so he had, like, five episodes of... And they were, you know, half-hour episodes with cliffhangers. So it was like... It, it was it, basically I think they had two it must have been four because it had two you know story arcs and, but their stories were definitely it was like watching Rat Finka Boo Boo basically right. I should also mention that Rat Finka Boo Boo has one of my favorite exchanges of dialogue remember Boo Boo our, our only weakness what's that bullets <laughs> <laughs> and and what I've always wondered about Rat Fink a Boo Boo is why is it Rat Fink a Boo Boo? Because what's the the, uh, the title card maker 
made a mistake, and Regis Declan didn't want to wait to release the film to to get the new title card made up. <coughs> I I thought it was going to be something like that. <laughs> that takes me back to that. That that reminds me of stuff like in film school. It was just like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I mean, the only thing. The only thing that would have been better is if somebody went and magic markered the ND on there and just like go with that. God, I just have such a vivid memory watching that. There used to be a um, a, a revival theater here called the Thalia in New York City, and at one point it was so successful it actually had like two other Thalias. And one of them was basically a glorified apartment building in the West Village. It was a very small venue. And that's where I saw Rafik move for the first time. And so they're, they're, they're showing it. And I feel like I feel like I'm at like a high school mixer watching some kid, some kids masterpiece, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing is I'd first heard of the movie because as a kid I'd gotten the Golden Turkey Awards which we're going to hear probably a lot about in in the course of the phases of this experiment yeah. but uh and they were you know this is one of the worst movies ever made and then when I saw it I'm like how could they not understand you know that it's supposed to, that that it, yes it's very very cheap but it was it was made to be cheap and silly and stupid and bad it was made right. to be like a bad, you know, a bad version of Batman. And as 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 what for what it was, it was very successful in its own way. You know, it was it's very. Uh, and yeah, that's one of my major problems with the Golden Turkey Awards is they they lack a sense of humor. They lack a sense of camp. And their uh, their direct descendants, the Razzies, are the same thing. <laughs> that's neither here nor there but uh but the thing is also i mean rathvin kabubu has the same sort of playing in your backyard sensibilities that fantasy yes has. just just total chaos what do we have on hand let's use it let's have fun uh i want to do i want to do a, a go sequence let's do a go sequence you know I'm st I'm like wondering. It's like we're gonna stop and play Pai Gao with some um, Gaki. Okay. All right. If that's what you want to do. And, the, right. and of course the goats cheat. That's the thing that's funny. Well, they should. <laughs> if it, I would, if I was a ghost. No reason not to. What are they gonna do? Put you in jail? Ah, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I should have thought more before putting this on the on the, the schedule of the experiment because it's like, what can we talk about with this thing? It, well, you could. You, I mean, if you wanted to just talk about stuff in it, yeah, it would be a four-hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> And and like <laughs> and if you want to talk about the ideas behind the movie and the concepts and the 
the underlying themes, it's going to be a 20 minute podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> you just have to strike that. Well, happy there, there's deal. lots of stuff in this movie. It's like, it, it's you know, all it is, is like stuff being thrown at the screen gloriously. Yeah, it, it's one of those movies where it's almost like, if you don't like what you're seeing now, just wait five minutes because something else is coming. Around yep. Around yep. Go take a piss and come back and you'll, you'll be watching a totally different movie. As as a matter of fact, this would be the kind of movie, like if I was in the the wrong frame of mind, I would probably like if like I I sat down and watched this in one one viewing, but if it was one of those ones where I like watched it in like three or four viewings, I would probably have to keep backing up ten minutes to go like, okay, am I missing something here? Oh no no, the, okay, it make doesn't make sense like it did, <laughs> before. But if you watch it all at once and it just unreels in front of you and I don't know, you know, now nowadays I'm used to watching like David Lynch movies and stuff like that. So I don't need it to be too coherent. <laughs> this is a great movie that you can put the, on a screen at a park and just let it play out. Yeah. Yeah. People could wander in and watch it for 10 or 15 minutes, wander away and go swing on the swings and come back and and enjoy another 10 minutes of it. You know, there's so yeah. many, so many ways you could enjoy this movie. Right. It's like, uh, many years ago when I was still doing music journalism, I went to see, uh, uh the band, the Melting Hopefuls, who were hopeful and kind of melted away into the aether, but that's not here or there. And they, they were showing the green slime behind them. Which is also another film that just, like, stuff just kind of happens. I would wonder, as a social experiment, if you took this and, like, showed it in public and just chopped it up into little pieces like William S. Burroughs used to and then reassembled it and showed it, it might be just as successful, if not more, depending on how you put it back together. And and like show the original and then show the chopped up one and see if if there's any difference in audience reaction to it. I I would say probably not. Oh, I'm sure that this is a film that that must the, the, the reels must have been switched at least once when it was playing at three kung fu hits all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's like when uh, when I was uh, at a radio station and yeah. we got the first Ween album on vinyl, mm -hmm. and and it didn't have it was it was it was a. It was an LP-sized album, right? But it didn't have, it didn't have any writing besides the names of the songs on the on the label. So, when when we played it, and it was Ween, so and it was their early stuff. So it was right. them on all kinds of drugs in a room with a four-track, getting weird. Nobody in that radio station could. They, they we played it, and we'd start listening to it and going like. Oh, this is meant to be listened to at 45. And then, we, and then we turn it on to 45 and go like, <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> it sounds just as weird on 45 as it did on 33. And it turns out it was a 33 record. But right. really, there were people, there were arguments for weeks and weeks and weeks with people. Well, listen to this track, which, you know, I liked and. There were people playing it at 45 and at 33, and nobody knew until the CD came out. <laughs> we should mention, uh, Three Kung Fu Hits All the Time was an actual theater. Uh, it was on 42nd Street and 7th Avenue, 
it was a little tiny thing that you wouldn't know existed unless you actually were looking for it because it was it was right by the the, the train the uh subway entrance for the one two and seven one two and three train but it was literally they had no other name other than three kung fu hits all the time and sure enough there were three kung fu hits playing 24 hours a day at this I, I just had to explain Times Square pre-Giuliani to yeah. a bunch of my coworkers who are, like, in their 20s. And and who've all been to New York City, and they were just like, what do you mean, you know, Times Square? They're like, Times Square is like... And I'm like, no, Times Square didn't... You, Times Square used to be actually kind of dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> and full of porn. Well, <laughs> and porn and fun movies. Yeah. Not that porn isn't fun movies, but right. just to distinguish the two different types <laughs> of fun. That big Dwayne Reed that is there now on the corner of 8th Avenue and 42nd Street uh, uh, used to be the most notorious peep show place in the city. The show world. Yes. Oh, uh, I, I, I just read... A uh, the the autobiography of uh, Al Goldstein, my screwed life, and okay. there's a lot, a lot, a lot about show world in in that, and uh, yeah, it's that that whole culture was fascinating, and uh, I was just reading about another one of the guys who was the who ended up being one of the innovators of the Peep Show, and how they used to. Uh, how they used to deal with the 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 money from you know the the sort of mob like way that right. they used to deal with the money from the peep shows from especially in, like from show world and like the, just the huge once they invented once that technology came into being just the huge amounts of money it started generating yeah i would yeah i would have i would have uh, like <laughs> It's like, okay, I got my time machine. I could go kill Hitler, or I could go to Times Square and watch Fantasy Mission Force. Force, yeah. What a tough, you know, maybe it's like, maybe I'd go to see Fantasy Mission Force and then go to kill Hitler. That would right. be actually a good movie to pump you up to go kill Hitler. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I, I would. Dies. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to whip Hitler with my whip and whip him right over this Jeep. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot the clothes off Ava Brown. <laughs> well, if I'm gonna kill Hitler, I'm gonna. Uh, I would probably be best to kill him pre pre Ava Brown. <laughs> but <laughs> then again, it would be nice to meet Ava Braun. Yeah. It would be interesting. <laughs> it's just. He it, it just. It's. You know. There's this whole Neo Grindhouse movement in primarily through in direct to video and indie indie uh, cinema these days. Yes. And I really kind of frown on it a lot because it's not recreations of what Grindhouse cinema is, and we're gonna right. we're gonna see lots of examples of, of that in the future. We've got some really rough rough shit coming. Um, 
it's, but... it's such a fine line when they do it, and most people can not keep on the good side of that yeah. line. Most people... I, I'm willing to bet most of these people in the Neo-Grindhouse movement have never seen actual Grindhouse film, but they've seen all the Grindhouse trailers. So yes. they believe that it's like something crazy happening every minute, when in fact that, there, were, there were long periods of nothing. That's why on. I think Thanksgiving is the greatest thing that Eli Roth's ever done. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so short? It's short, and it's just a trailer. It's so it, it's it's yeah. pitch perfect as a trailer, and it, you know, he, like, if you don't, Eli Roth, like, I, I was just, I was on the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Theater, and we were talking about Eli Roth, and, and me and another guy were talking about how he just sort of, he understands the, the physical trappings of a genre, but he doesn't under, and he, he, he understands almost, like, academically the psychological underpinnings of them and the and and that stuff but but not in the right way and it always comes off as like all right i got some of the stuff in here and i got maybe a little bit of a interesting idea in the psychological area but it was just sort of like it reminded me of script writing class where kids were like okay i have to have this in the script and they self-consciously write it but but yeah i think the movie grindhouse was you know sort of mess that up and then there was just this slew of like people who are like all right well <clears throat> i could shoot this on digital video and then make it look like a faded out you know movie by adding the scratches and the 24 frames per second and stuff and clipping out frames and stuff like that but that's just the trappings of it and 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 i appreciated i i i, I actually love planet terror because it's a grindhouse movie that never existed that could never exist because it was too high budget and right. it had too much too much really good stuff in it 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 was it really had a lot of sizzle or a lot of steak and sizzle Planet terror is basically a john carpenter movie if john carpenter suddenly found himself with an unlimited budget yes yes and and uh and then he had fun it was self-consciously playing with the like, all right, you're watching this in a theater, scene missing. And, and the scene missing scene was beautiful in that because it was right when the nudity came in. And that's a real thing that happened is the, the, the projectionist would cut out the nudity and, and take it home with them <laughs> out of these movies. So that, that was like a nice joke to people who like grindhouse movies and stuff. Right. But then people were like, I want to do my own Grindhouse movie. And right. and then it was just, you're not Robert Rodriguez. And the only one that I've seen so far that I've enjoyed through and through, and that was because it ended up having its own thing going on, and it was uh, Hobo with a Shotgun. Right. And but I mean, the reason, I, br- the reason I, I, I bring that up, the Neo-Grindhouse movement up, is that this is one of the Fantasy Mission Force is one of these films that feels like it could have inspired the, the Neo Grindhouse movement. Yes. Everything but the kitchen sink aesthetic. Yes. And, and, yeah, and it's also got that heavy look of Chinese motion pictures of 
shot on 16 millimeter almost, you know, even though it wasn't, (laughs) but it's got that look, it's got that, you know, the, the sort of quote unquote unprofessional things like lots of zooms and, and, and stuff like that. So yeah, those, that always adds an extra retro feel to it, but yeah, this is one of those rare ones though that does deliver with the the steak and that and you know we're we're picking you know you're picking the best ones for me so we're not getting a lot of the one but you know the 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 vast majority of grindhouse movies were really boring they would have like one or two scenes that they would have all the sex and violence in and then it like usually a lot of long stretches so Fortunately, not this. <laughs> well, I, I had to do some reshuffling for, for, for circumstances beyond our control. And um, there's there's one film coming up that is, is, is kind of a, is similarly frenetic. Excellent. And that's partially because it was made out of three, three lo- other movies. Well, that's what this this at first I was thinking maybe this is like two or three movies that somebody bought up and cut together. And then after about 15 minutes, I'm like, nope, it's just its own thing. Yeah, I thought it might have been like the Chinese version of a Corman movie where they just like, yeah, we have these three uncompleted movies. (laughs) Maybe with an actor in common. Right. Well, I mean, if you've listened to this podcast, you you know you sh- I, I I hope we did would do our job that they'd know like they'd know if they're that kind of person that this would be their kind of movie, you know. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely not for everyone, but it, it, at the same token, if you're listening to this podcast in the first place, you you definitely would uh, would want to get this one under your belt. Although the second you stuck it under your belt, it would explode, (laughs) destroying your midsection. Yeah. (laughs) There was a surprisingly. But it would be. But it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. It would be like an explosion of of shaving cream. (laughs) Yes. 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 This was. There was a lot of violence to to asses in this movie. Yes. Oh yeah. A lot lot of. I mean, there there was just a poopy humor for you guys. You like that sort of thing. <laughs> There's uh, some a lot of bodily function stuff. Once again, they know they're Americans. They know they're Americans. <laughs> we, love, we love making fun of the people in the pool. They got us pegged. <laughs> and it's just, but it's just, it, 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 it's so wonderful because it's this kind of, as you pointed out, it's this kind of weird mirror universe image of what another culture thinks American movies are like. I love that stuff personally. I I, I love it. I love it going both ways. I love seeing people, you know, I mean, that's why uh, spaghetti Westerns are some of my favorite thing altogether. That's almost the ultimate version of it. 
like the, the you know the western being almost like the most purely american yeah. genre and uh yeah what I love about spaghetti westerns is spaghetti westerns were an imitation of an original that actually influenced the original genre yes yeah yeah it actually changed the genre some would say like myself for the better well but i like and and I like stuff like Kurosawa taking stuff from westerns, turning it into samurai movies, and then they come back around and and influence our science fiction movies. So that's that's more uh, Star Wars. I know Star Wars isn't your jam. I know, I know, I know. But I, I would recommend this movie. I me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's really it's only 80, 88 minutes, so it's it's. Even shorter if you watch the version I watched, which uh, cuts off the hilarious prologue. Yeah, you won't. You yeah, the prologue doesn't help. Yeah, <laughs> really? Anyway, the prologue so, is yeah. just as nonsensical as the rest of the movie, but it is it is so much fun. Oh yeah, it's got the great Brit, the the greatest fake British. I was like, oh, this guy's supposed to be British. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, no, he's no, he won't work. He's just a boxer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. he's too well known. I, I, what movie was it? Was it, um, it was, um, it was a the the Chris the, the Christmas movie with the little kids. I think it was from it was Scandinavian of some. It was Swedish maybe. Right. And um, they had they had some American characters in it that were obviously like, I I want to say Russian or German, <laughs> because those were the most Anglo like sort of like they they wanted them to look larger than normal. Like they do that a lot in Asian movies too. Americans are like. You see it, what, what's supposed to be an American, and it's just sort of like this burly Russian guy, Russian-looking guy. I always love when that happens. And, the, and they're speaking in, you know, of course the movie's in another language, so the guys, but the guys will still be speaking English, right. but with thick, thick accents. I love that shit. <laughs> it's just, uh, just guys don't expect this to be what we now consider classic Jackie Chan, which is the stuff he started making pretty much directly after this with Project A and uh, Legend of the Drunken Master, which is, I think, Drunken Master 2 in Hong Kong. And, I, think, uh, I think it's better to just not think of it as a Jackie Chan movie at all. Like, put it, out, put it out of your head that he's even in it, and then he's a nice little bonus flavoring thrown on. But, yeah, don't don't come into this with Jackie Chan baggage cuz you're not right. going to get you're not going to get what you want but if you just just come into it with an open mind and it will thoroughly take that open mind and beat the shit out of it and be ready to and bring your sense of humor because this is <laughs> yeah. not intended to be a serious film yeah if you try to take this seriously i i pity the fool yeah <laughs> your brain will go I think we're having too much fun, though. I think it's time to get serious on your ass. Uh, I, I've, okay. been meaning, I've been meaning to introduce you to, uh, 
favorite kinds of of grindhouse cinema. The subgenre known as Ozploitation. Yes. This is something I have no I I have never dipped my toes into beyond <laughs> Mad Max. Yeah. And this... I wouldn't even say Mad Max is Ozploitation. But um, exploitation. Well, it, well, Mad Max was released by Roger Corman in a dubbed version, so it was considered here in, in, in America. It wasn't. It was a grindhouse film. But oh it, yeah, it, but exploitation has is a glor. Oh, it's gonna be using that word again. I think we're gonna have to have a drinking game every time we use the word glorious. It's a magnificent broad category of weird ass films and I think I'm going to introduce you to them through the 1977 parable Long Weekend directed by Colin Eggleson okay okay so you have one month be respectful and don't litter the place when you watch the film I, I hope I survived the culture shock. I've been spending. Uh, I just got out of China. I've been spending in this show and other shows a lot of time in Italy. So, hope the culture shock isn't too hard hard on me. It sounds like a relaxing movie, though, right? Long weekend. It sounds like. Uh, <laughs> sounds like it might be. Nice. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and a number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks.
Where have you been, Lord, run my son? Oh, make my bed soon, for I'm weary from hunting. Hey!